Hey, yo. We are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode number four. I am NMFL with my co-host, Yaji Pocock. Howdy, howdy. Man, week two in the books. I loved fantasy football after week one. Mm -hmm. After week two, I'm leaving on vacation. Shit. I actually lost the league by 150 points. Wow. I, That's horrible, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's actually like 144 or something like that. Yeah, but that's a 150. We're rounding yeah. up. It <laughs> yeah, was it's a 150 for sure. It was bad. It was awful. I, I hated it. Um, we are recording a few days early um, due to me actually going on vacation. But So there's some news that we're going to get into that we may not have full information just yet, but we're going to try our best. We'll get onto some uh, news and notes for the NFL. Maybe a Deshaun Watson sighting. We'll talk about if you let your favorite team affect your fantasy decisions. We'll also get into some bad decisions that we made in our own lineups. Oof. But first, let's get into our beer of the day. Miyagi, take it away. Sure. Um, so today we are drinking the Stoked on Amarillo. It is from Henhouse Brewing Company out of Santa Rosa, California. Um, their uh, social media on all on all accounts. It's just Hen House Brewing or at Hen House Brewing, and uh, this is a single hot beer. And I love single hot beers because they're like educational drinking. Um, it's the same base recipe that they use across all the single hot beers, but then they just use one hop, so you really get a good idea of what that one hop delivers. Let's and, that one shine pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So you can get some proper tasting effects from it. So when you read off another IPA where it's got like Amarillo, Simcoe, Cascade, all these other ones that you don't know what they mean, you can kind of start to dissect the flavors and that's really what helped me kind of learn about hops as single hop beers and hen house makes some of the best beers out there i know because one of our very good friends bob uh represents hen house super tough out oh, there and love bob he's he's the man dude like he worked with us here for years holding it down just a badass and then when he went to go join a brewery i had no doubt that that brewery was going to produce some amazing beers and they haven't let us down yet so yeah, Here's everything you, <laughs> everything we get from them is always good, always great. It's been really great to see them grow from when they kind of when Bob started there, they were a, a small smaller brewery, right? And now they man, they pump out beers like crazy. And yeah, good they've, stuff. they've done some expansions, and really, what I love about them is is their commitment to quality. They make sure anything that goes out of their breweries in a refrigerated truck, they make sure any distributor they work with gets it to their account super fresh. So. Drink more hen house, people. Yeah, I love it. We're going to drink this today. We'll um, enjoy it while we're going on here. We'll enjoy it as we get into some NF, uh, NFL news of the week. Uh, we'll start off with some injuries. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he got injured on, was it the last play of the, the game? Last, last play yeah. of the game, yeah. Yeah, he was like laying there as the game ended. Um, he did get an MRI, said he avoided major injury, but I haven't heard for week three yet. Have you heard anything different? I haven't heard a confirmation if he's going to be playing week three or not, but it was kind of worrisome because he'd, he'd come off the field earlier in that game too for, you know, a hard hit. Um, and so to see the kind of injuries already piling up after, after two weeks of football, and he is a, a smaller wide receiver, but he doesn't shy away from contact. Uh, it's uh, buckle up, you know. Yeah, and he was getting all of the work. Oh, yeah, he was. From that. Dalvin Cook, he hurt his ankle, and then he left the field, and then he came back, and then he left, and then he came back. Um, it sounds like he should be good to go. Just kind of sound like maybe a, a little twist or something that was happening. Yeah, it's quickly becoming just a personality trait of his. I, I see all the time where 
you know, he'll take a hit and it looks like, oh, he's done for the season. He's like stumbling off the field and you think for sure he's at least done for the game. I've seen it, I don't know how many times over the last few years. And uh, then he's back in there and breaks off a 40 yard run like it's nothing. So uh, I'm trying not to be super worried. I do have him in quite a few leagues. Um, he's one of those players that I loved coming out of college, but I did realize he had some injury. And then, um, seeing him healthy for a few years has just been fucking phenomenal. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he started off his first couple of years and definitely had that injury, you know, tag yeah. where everyone said he was injury prone and it's been good to see him the last couple of years staying healthy. So hopefully this will continue his stay healthy. Just just kind of seemed like uh something was nagging him. Yeah. And that's the reason I still have hope for Saquon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amari Cooper um he had a rough game he did uh, he got hit in the ribs got some bruised ribs um he is questionable right now it sounds like it's kind of a pain threshold thing if he can if he can play or not but he does have an extra day because they play on monday but that also can make it a risky play because he plays on monday yeah yeah he's not somebody you want to have a spot in your lineup committed to unless you have another backup um, wide receiver from Dallas. Um, so it's, it's really tricky because you want to have men. If he's going to play, he's going to play. Um, I don't know if you can go out and scoop up, you know, another like a Philly receiver that might be on the waiver wire last minute or something like that to squeeze them. And if you want to risk having Amari Cooper in there, I did see Rager was available um, on the waiver wire at some places if you want to go that route. But if you have something better on your bench, it might just be better to play it safe. Yeah, unless we hear more news say friday saturday something like that it's it's going to be a risk to to wait him out if you haven't heard anything better just so we're clear that is the type of game where he's going to go off for 200 yards and a touchdown so of course <laughs> on your bench yeah yeah that's where that's how he gets you jarvis landry he sprained his mcl he's week to week he has been mr consistent he hasn't missed hardly any time in his career yeah and that was rough, too. It was right at the beginning of the game. You could see he was going to be part of that offensive game plan. He was already getting utilized. And uh, then he's done. Um, if you've been stashing Odell Beckham, let's hope he comes back from that knee injury next week, and then he's going to be heavily targeted. He's going to be part of that offense. Um, hopefully, you're, you're holding on to him will pay off at that point. But he's just been such a rough, rough person to hold on to through Dynasty and Redraft. I've, I've even seen him on the waiver wires already. So... Yeah, um, it does say he's week to week, but he's pretty much been ruled out of week three. It hasn't been official yet, but it sounds like week three is pretty much a no-go. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, just reading some other medical experts on, on the Twitter sphere, it sounds like it's going to be a multiple-week thing. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I do. Daryl Henderson, he has a rib cartilage injury. He is questionable. He was looking good. He was looking really good. And, and I'll take this one on me, guys. This one's my fault. Uh, we were joking around. Uh, we were working together, and we were, we were watching the updates on the games, and I was starting a victory lap on Daryl Henderson over Sony Michelle. Pretty douchebaggery, too. Like, I was, I, was pre I was being a dick about it. And uh, next thing you know, he's on, he's on the ground, and he's not getting up. So Sony Michelle got some run, and I, uh, I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that is on you. you. You celebrated too early. Yeah. But Sonny Michelle did come in, and he actually looked pretty well, too. He was about five yards per carry, but yeah. we'll see Henderson, if healthy, is the man right now for him. 
I believe that a rib cartridge cartridge can't even say it. <laughs> You're already on vacation, man. Cartilage injury <laughs> is pretty painful. Yeah. I think that one's a little more painful than just a bruised well, rib. It, it's only painful if you breathe. Oh, okay. Good. So you're not panting or, you know, breathing heavily while you're playing football. So I think he'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Keep an eye on that one, too. You'll hear more going into the, the end of the week to find out. Um, if he is out, Sonny Michelle will probably take over that job and never give it back. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Daryl uh, Henderson looked too good. Tyrod Taylor, he had a hamstring injury, and there's a possibility that he's going to go on short-term IR. He's already been ruled out for week three. Um, I'm not – he was getting an MRI. I know that they were checking to see how bad it was, but I hadn't necessarily heard. Had you heard anything about that? Um, I heard it was a, it was a heavy like a heavy duty hamstring injury, so it wasn't just one of the ones that they ice you up and and let you come back on right away. So, um, I, especially with a mobile quarterback like him, I would expect them to go. Well, you can't expect shit from the Texans. Actually, they they might just say fuck it, go in and play linebacker, screw yeah, it. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I, 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 from a rational team and and you know a well run operation, I would expect him to be out for a few weeks. If they put him on that short term IR, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but um, with with a with a quarterback whose dynasty value comes a lot from his mobility, he's not somebody I'd be really pushing into my lineups at this point anyway. If if he's still recovering from a hamstring injury. Yeah, let him sit until that heals up completely. Andy Dalton, he hurt his knee, had an MRI. They were worried that it was a ACL, MCL. It looked those, bad. Those were both negative. Yeah. Came back as a bone bruise. Week three is definitely questionable right now. But the Bears also came out and said he's their starter if healthy. How do you? How do you? What do you think the Bears are going to do here? I think this could be one of those things where they're going to encourage Andy Dalton to take some time off to fully recover and give Justin Fields an opportunity. Um, I mean, watching the play, it looked like you could see that shift in tissue um, from his leg. It looked like something happened in his knee. Now, I don't know if the bone bruise is like the top of your two bones clashing together because your knee exploded and there was no more... (laughs) anything in between them and that's how you got your bruise or what but it it looked bad it it looked like one of those non-contact for sure bad knee injuries and i mean you spent the draft capital to get the future he's sitting there he came in he didn't look great with his passing efficiency but i think he brings an excitement and electricity to that offense that they they desperately want right now i know they want to let him have time to acclimate to the to the offense and to the speed of the nfl um, much like you know, Nagy was part of with Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith for that year. You see the dividend still being paid for that. But, I mean, why would you send Andy Dalton out there at 50% when you've got fields? Usually Matt Nagy is a little bit crazy in what he says. And definitely for fantasy perspective, I think most of us are tired of it. But I think in this instance, I think he's saying the right things. I think you say that Andy Dalton is your starter when healthy, and you put fields out there. And this way, if Field struggles, you have a way to put Andy Dalton back in. You say, well, he was hurt before. We, now he's healthy, and we put him back in. And you don't completely just shit on Fields and tell him he's not doing well. If you put Fields in and yeah. he succeeds, Great. everybody's going to want him in. And it's easy to say, well, he stole the job from Dalton. And yeah. nobody is going to care except for yeah. Andy Dalton's wife. 
I mean, anybody else, especially the financing community, wants to see Justin Fields go. Yeah, so. that's a that's a really good point, and it's a smart approach to it too. Because we've seen before where if they commit to a um, a starting quarterback, just based off like he's going to take over the job now, and then they suck. Ella, you know, who, who was it last year? Tua was in and out. Um, you know, that can that can be very troublesome, and it, and it's not it, it's not the most mentally healthy thing uh for a young quarterback to go through anyway so that could like lead to lasting crap and um it's a smarter way to do it so i hope they do do it and i hope justin fields kicks fucking ass and he just is everything i hope he is Tua Tua tungavaloa he has a rib injury he's day-to-day week three is questionable carson wentz (laughs) has ankles injury uh started out he had a uh twisted ankle and now he has two of them both of them yeah drink some milk man yeah kind of weird but he is also week three questionable both of them probably not playing i mean in two quarterback or super flex yeah. you might be but hopefully you have somebody else that can go in so you're probably not playing them anyways but if you are check the reports for the weekend i i would wouldn't imagine either one of them getting rushed back but they're both kind of injuries that if they can play through them you know, if they can deal with the pain, they can play through them. Yeah, and they have different backup situations, too. You know, in, in Miami, they have Brissett, who has been a starter before, coincidentally enough, with the Colts. And in the right system, he's a functional quarterback. So if they need to let Tua get healthy, they can. Um, with the Colts, it's kind of different. They have Easton Stick, or uh, Eason, and, you know, he's uh, he hasn't started anything. And he was okay in college. He's, from all rights, a, a, a smart quarterback. So I think he's had a few years to kind of learn that offense so it it's it's more of a coin flip with them if if uh if they want to let Wentz try to tough it out or if they want to give him a week off in San Francisco if you play running back you are injured <laughs> Elijah Mitchell he had a shoulder injury he went out Trey Sermon got one carry got hit in the head fumbled he's now in concussion protocol Jamichael Hasty came in. He got out. Originally, they said it was a stinger-type injury, which I'm not really sure what that means. So they brought Elijah Mitchell back in. Mm-hmm. It turns out Hasty has a high ankle sprain, and he's out a couple of weeks. That's pretty much already confirmed. Elijah Mitchell, though, maybe questionable. I I don't know. what What's going on with these guys? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, after last year with their injuries last year, and everything they're already dealing with this year, um, it's it's bananas, man. Like them and the Ravens, they're having a contest on who many who can go through more running backs, uh, and it, it's they're both losing. <laughs> yeah, uh, for reals, both so, of them are. So it's it's kind of bonkers. I mean, when when you have that many running backs with that much high hope, um, with that type of offense, it's it, it's still something you want to have a part of. You still want a piece of that pie if if you can get access to a Niner running back. The question is just who now? I mean, uh, is it is it going to be carry on? Like, my boy. At, or I mean, what I've done is I've held on to Jeff Wilson on my IR spot. I haven't dropped him at all, even though he's not somebody who at the beginning of the season I never thought he was going to see the field. But right now, it's like holy shit! When Jeff Wilson comes back, he's going to be. <laughs> Especially in in redraft leagues, he probably wasn't drafted. So oh, yeah. he's sitting on a lot of waiver wires. If you can. If you have the IR spot, right now is the time to pick him up. 
It's going to be a few weeks, but if you can put him in your IR and ride that out, he's probably going to be relevant when he gets back. He's had games where he's won me weeks. Yeah, he's, oh yeah, he's last fully year capable he was great. Of it. Yeah, he's fully capable of dropping a couple touchdowns and 100 yards. Like it, it's not, there's some, there's some players where you're just like, that's impossible, that'll never happen. He's done it several times. He it, it just needs the opportunity. I guess this is probably going to be my answer for on Johnson. If he can't get on the field with the 49ers, with all these injuries and all these people uh, falling like flies, I'll probably need to make a decision if I'm keeping him or not. But right now, fingers crossed, let's get him on the field. He'll show what he's worth. You're keeping him, dude. You can't can't quit carry on. Okay, so the Texas, the Houston Texans. Sorry, let's start that over. I was going to say snap that finger again. All right. The Houston Texans, if Tyrod's out, do we get to see Deshaun Watson? I mean, in a reasonable world, yes. Uh, it sounds like they've already ruled him out, though. Um, it still just blows my mind that they're refusing to put him out there. It, I get the animosity with each other, and they feel like they're um, probably saving the risk of a injury so they can't trade him or something like that, but... And for Christ's sakes, man, you're paying the dude like $40 million a year. Just let him go out there and play. Send him out there. Do you think any of it is him saying he doesn't want to play, or do you think it's just the Texans? You know, that's a good point. It's probably both, but it's just incredibly frustrating from not just a fantasy fan, but an NFL fan to see this type of fractured relationship where. You have your star quarterback who, you know, by all rights was putting it out there, got you to a, did they go all the way to the AFC title game? Went all the way to the AFC title game. And then in two years, like gut that team. That wasn't him that traded away DeAndre Hopkins. It wasn't him that traded away uh, JJ Watt. You know, like they gutted that team and he's sick of it and wants out and that they can't find a way to either get him out or to just, I mean, for fuck's sake, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers talked it out, and he's starting. Like, that seemed impossible. So as impossible as it sounded like for for Deshaun and the Texans to work it out, you know, I was still kind of expecting, like, okay, all this is off-season chatter. They're blah, 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 blah. And when the season starts, they're going to start him. Like, it always happens. We see it every year. There's always a different quarterback or a different player. And they're like, oh, I don't want to play for this, or I want to be traded, blah, blah, blah. And they always end up playing. So... This is one of those rare cases, you know, I guess Le'Veon Bell would have been the other one, and it didn't work out for him. Um, but in this case, like, I kind of get Deshaun's side of it. Like, you traded away DeAndre Hopkins. You gave him away. You gave him away. You got David Johnson and a ridiculous contract back for the best, one of, if not the best wide receivers in the NFL. Dude's well, a fucking stud. The best at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. And, um, you know, in his prime. Dude's still got years left. Like, him and, him and Deshaun were going to be, like, the dynamic duel for a while. And then he just gave them away. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play for, for that type of organization either. But, I mean, also, I wasn't offered $40 million to do that. I probably would, so. So we both, though, agree we're not going to see him. No, unfortunately, because I have him in several leagues, and it if pisses Tyrod, me off. If Tyrod is ruled out, 
Is it David Mills? I know it's Mills. I just it's Mills, it's man. That's Mills. all I know. It's the General Mills, man. <laughs> he'll be he'll be the quarterback if Tyrod is out. There was some pretty piss poor games this week by some of our fantasy players. Uh, Corey Davis, Antonio Brown. Uh, Corey Davis, one point eight. Antonio Brown, two point two. Both guys we thought were going to have pretty good weeks. What happened? Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. Um... The Patriots' defense happened to Corey Davis, man. Like four interceptions in that game um, from Zach Wilson. It 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 doesn't matter what he was trying to do. The, I think the Patriots just live inside the young quarterbacks' heads of the Jets. Doesn't matter who they are. Like from Sam Darnold, other, I can't even name them all because they've ruined so many careers just being in the heads of Jets quarterbacks. <laughs> and um, I thought. You know, Zach Wilson was going to change that. I still believe he's going to be a very good quarterback. Um, I think the second game of his career is way too early to judge on how he's going to be for the next 10 years. Yeah. But holy smokes, that's what happened to Corey Davis yesterday. Um, Antonio Brown, I mean, I was right and I was wrong. I, I, uh, I, had, I had Tom Brady being so good at football that he can literally just decide at a half of a game at a time, which wide receiver to target. And I had the Mike Evans part, right? Dude went bonkers. Um, but he just skipped over Antonio Brown and went right to Godwin for that second half and got him a touchdown. So, um, that's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those things without offense with so many weapons. Um, the only person who's had two great games is Gronk, um, two touchdowns in both games. And I guess Tom Brady, cause he's given away all the touchdowns, but that's a lot of people to share targets and touchdowns with. So, I mean, I wouldn't give up on Antonio Brown yet. Yeah, definitely. And following these rules, I would say Corey Godwin is probably going to have a uh, rough game oh, yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, only two of the three wide receivers can, can have a good game at a time, and then Gronk is just Gronk. Did you see him on Monday night with the, with the Mannings? Oh, yeah, man. He's a goof, dude. He was annoying. He was just trying to, he was trying to be the comic relief in a, a non-comedy show. Um, you don't out comedy Peyton Manning. Are you kidding me? It was, it was, uh, it started off funny. Um, when he was, when he was just dogging Peyton Manning about, he's like, oh, well, that's why I got hurt and, and couldn't play all those years. So I wouldn't break yours and Marvin Harrison's touchdown record so quick, but I think I got to get it now. And I was kind of chuckling at that. And then just everything was like a grab for a grab for a laugh, but. I mean, I guess that's what you would that's what you would expect from Gronk watching football. Like if you were just hanging out in a living room, he'd be the guy who's always trying to make a joke, who's always trying to make sneak himself in there with some something. And, um, you know, I laughed and then I I got over it pretty quick also. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. He he just seemed like it was forced, but probably a fun guy to hang out with in real life. Yeah. Clyde Edwards, a layer. 2.6 2.6 he was a whopping 4.6 before he coughed the game up but rough game for him all around i have quite a few shares of yeah him, and i'm sad to see this yeah i i i am as well man i i really went after him because i was catching him in the second or third rounds in some places and i was like dude is just gonna be utilized like crazy he's gonna get all the he's getting three downs worth of work he's getting the the pass work and the the shit thing is is 
he is. He's getting touches, and he's doing nothing with them. And I don't know how much of that was the Ravens' defense. They had some some uh, some players really shine through on that defense. I'm drawing a blank on some of their names, but like the defense was playing mean against Kansas City. Um, but for that high of a scoring game for their first round draft pick to get two and a half points is garbage. I saw some people put them up for trade almost immediately. I figured, you know what, I would still try to go after them and try to trade on the low because I still think that offense is good. I don't even know if I really even want them. Um, but I did try to trade for them. But it's funny when people put somebody up for trade, like after a shit game, knowing like, oh, they're trying to sell because they have other running backs and they still want like the moon for them. <laughs> they still want three for yeah. three first picks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. George Kittle had a rough game, 3.7. I feel like the Niners offense kind of had a rough game. I don't know if this is on Kittle as much as it kind of is on the quarterback and kind of on everybody. Maybe, yeah. maybe the defense, maybe Philly's good. Yeah, it's hard to say. It, it, it's really hard to say because, you know, the Niners dealing with all of these injuries, when you're dealing with injuries in the middle of the game, you immediately have to adjust your game plan. And so if your running backs are going down, I would have thought they would have wanted to utilize a weapon like Kittle more, but that's not what happened. It's almost like, well, we have this other running back. Now we have to use him to either get him used to the game or to try to sneak in a, you know, a lightning attack with the unknown, you know, Jermichael Hasty or whatever. And so it was what I thought would have been, you know, a positive for, for Kittle ended up just being another Debo game. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Debo looked good as well again. I, just under 100 yards. We play a lot of leagues with a 100-yard bonus, so the 100 yards would have been nice, but uh, he still had a good game. Tyreek Hill, he was at 4.4, and I feel like he was just not he was defensively game planned out of yeah, the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They were giving up everything except for Tyreek Hill. Like, Kelsey ate him up. That, again, that's why I figured, you know, CEH would have had a good game if Tyreek Hill is getting locked down. But no, it was uh, Pringle and Robinson, you know. And McCall it, Hardman had, had a pretty good yeah, game, too. Yeah, they were, I mean, he was they, getting targeted. I think they just had the mindset to take Tyreek out the whole time. They're not going to get beat by Tyreek. And I guess it worked, yeah. but I'm not scared of Tyreek going forward. I, I, <laughs> no, I no. will still put him in every lineup I have him. Yeah, they, they have a um, – wide receivers have this tendency to, to have a few busts a year. Um, and Tyreek Hill is no exception to that. I think, I think Michael Thomas a few years ago when he had that, like, 150 reception game is the only wide receiver to have – like 15 out of 16 games that weren't considered a bust. So he even still had one bust game and that's like a historical season. Right. Right. So, I mean, it, it happens. And especially with a, a player as explosive as Tyree kill, you know, that defenses will try to isolate him and say, you can beat us any other way, but we're not going to let you beat us with this guy. Um, super not worried about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me neither. Moving forward, keep Tyree kill in your lineup. <laughs> yeah. Keep him going. He's, the wide receiver one or one B at least in, in any league. So yeah, I'm going, um, we're going to get into the question of the week and I'm going to ask this as nicely as I can. Uh, the first part is what is your favorite NFL NFL team? But <laughs> what I really want to know is how does that affect your fantasy playing? 
Do you like to have players on your favorite team? Do you not like to have players? Do you draft them early? Do you not take that into account when you're making trades? I want to know how you take your actual NFL fandom and put it into your fantasy play. So, Miyagi, who's your favorite team, and how do you deal with that? Well, you're an asshole. Uh, I mean, I'm obligated to say the San Diego Chargers. I was a San Diego Charger fan my whole life. I was born in San Diego. I dealt with... You, you, I won't say I dealt with being a Charger fan, but if, you, if anybody's followed the Chargers, you know they've found the most clever ways to screw up a win, screw up a playoff win, uh, screw up a player's career. They've found creative ways to, to fuck you. So when they moved to L.A., I was, you know, like, perfect. They're, that's the only city that I won't follow my team to. They could have moved anywhere. But as a San Diego native, like, L.A. fans can go straight to hell. L.A. teams can go straight to hell. L.A. can go straight to hell. I wasn't going to support them at all. But um, with all of the time and effort I've spent into learning about their roster, following their drafts over the last, you know, 30 years. Um, there's still players that I know a lot about, and I'm really excited about a lot of them still. So um, I will say the Chargers are still my favorite team with an asterisk. Oh, I, I just won't call them the L.A. Chargers, and maybe that'll make me feel a little bit better about it. That's but fair. That's yeah, fair. It, it still feels dirty as hell. Um, but, you know, I still stalk them like an ex-girlfriend. I still know, like... That sounded creepy. I don't stalk my ex-girlfriends. I've been married for so long, I don't even think I have ex-girlfriends anymore. But the, the players on their team, I know their defense is good, so I have drafted their defense. You know, I know Derwin James. I know Joey Bosa. I know who they've drafted, the, uh, Murray and then Asante Samuel's son, like, who looked really good against the Cowboys, by the way. Um, so, like, yeah, I've drafted their defense because I know more about them. And I look at things like sacks, I know Bosa's going to get sacks. I think Derwin James can get interceptions or screw up the quarterback enough to throw dumb interceptions. So those are points. So I'm looking for that. Um, as far as, like, other players, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. But when Phillip Rivers was still around, I never drafted him because I could almost always count on him throwing a pick at a stupid point. Um, but now I am kind of really big into Herbert. I still feel like all the players on the Chargers teams, even if they are getting – you know, notoriety. I feel like they're undervalued. Like Keenan Allen, I still try to get Keenan Allen everywhere. Um, Herbert, I think, is the real deal. I'm trying to get him everywhere. But I think that's more of trying to um, exploit value instead of me going after players on my, my favorite team. So I think we all know, we all have in leagues that we play, you know, I have multiple guys. We're up here in Northern California diehard 49ers fan and so 49ers players if you want them and you're in a league with some of these guys they're going two rounds or they're going you know i had a guy who drafted pretty much all the 49ers he could get his hands on he you know he took trey sermon early Debo. i mean just really gets into it and i think that we are more trying to you know, we'll take the guys for value and take them where they're supposed to go. Yeah. Not jump up. I, yeah, I feel like I know there's teams out there. You got Cowboys fans that when you're trying to trade them a Cowboy, you can get away with, you know, not getting as, you know, not getting more if they're buying yeah. or, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a 49ers fan here. I grew up red and gold, baby. 
I was just talking to you this week about how I struggle with the 49ers when I grew up. They were the best. I mean, the, them and the Cowboys and, you know, went back to back and Joe Montana, Steve Young, we were, we beat everybody. And it was, when we lost, it was a surprise. Yeah. Then Dick. we, then we struggled for a long time and couldn't beat anybody. See, I can relate to that part. Though <laughs> it was, it was nice to go to games because it was cheap. You'd get yeah. the games. You'd... And now we're at this weird place where we can beat almost any team in the NFL any week. But we can also lose to any team in the NFL on any week. So See, that's really cute. Like, you're, you're surprised by this. To me, this is what I live with. This is just, this is my life. Like, the Chargers, for years, for years, they've just been able to beat anybody. And they've shown it. Like, they, they can beat anybody. And then they, they don't. <laughs> it's yeah. like fucking dipshits. I will say for myself, when it comes to <laughs> fantasy football, and the 49ers, I have no allegiance to the 49ers. I will draft players as they as they're supposed to be. I will draft. I hate the Cowboys. I love drafting Cowboys on my team. Right. I hate the Seahawks in NFL football. I'll draft Seahawks all day long. Um, I don't let that play into it at all. And I think that really that's the better way to do it. Those oh. guys that are, you know. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. It's a hundred percent the right way to do it. Um, but I, I will tell you when I first started fantasy, the hardest thing for me to do was to have Raiders on my team because I didn't want them to do well. Like naturally you want them to fucking suck. You want them to, you want the team to score negative three points off four missed field goals. And you want them to just be relegated. You want them to invent soccer, apply the rules to NFL and get relegated. And that's how much you hate teams in your division. So that was really, really tough for me to have, you know, Raiders or Cowboys or Chiefs on my team. And now, like, I'm trying to get all the Chiefs I can fucking get. I don't know why this reminded me, but we have a buddy who used to work for the Raiders. And he played in the Raiders Fantasy Football League. And strict, strict, strict rule. If you were playing, you know, say you were playing the Chargers, you were playing a team and you have Austin Eckler on your team, if the Raiders in real life were playing the Chargers, you could not play any Charger player. <laughs> you had to bench them as if they had a bye. That's funny. When, when they played. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, definitely let your, let your fandom fly as an NFL fan and then let your fantasy football fly on a different different scale it, it, it does sound difficult for for the new people out there it sounds incredibly difficult but it is obtainable it does take a few seasons to really get used to it but uh you learn to to disassociate the uh fantasy lineup with your actual team so go for it guys this week's show is bought brought to you by fresh hop cinema podcast do you like movies do you like beer then this is the podcast for you. Max and Johnny take you on a journey filled with beer reviews and movie reviews. They have been extremely helpful in getting our show up and running, so check them out. Give them a follow. Once again, that's Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast. Find them at freshhopcinema.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It looks like we have both finished our beer of the day. Now that we've been uh, drinking a little bit, we're getting a little buzzed. What's got you buzzed? What's got you happy in fantasy football this week? 
Oh, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but I mean, hopefully Justin Fields sighting, man. Like just watching that guy in college, um, seeing him hopefully playing with, you know, a healthy Allen Robinson and David Montgomery and Mooney and hopefully getting Komet involved. I've seen him spread the ball around in offense and then the threat with his legs. I'm just excited to see him uh, active in the NFL and see what he can do, man. I'm, I'm really, really pumped for that. I hate to see it at the hands of an injury. I've actually been a fan of Andy Dalton's through the years. I think he's been better than people have said. Um, I mean, he brought the fucking Bengals to the playoffs several times. Like, that's not just something that happens. The Bengals are trash. So um, I'm really excited to see Justin Fields, man. Like, that's fucking awesome. I hope to see greatness. I love watching greatness, you know? Yeah, of course. It, I think he, we're hoping he's going to be great. He has the tools to be great, and it'll be fun to watch him. You're right. Andy Dalton has always been somebody that you can secretly kind of root for. He's yeah. the underdog guy. He's vanilla. But it's, <laughs> you know, let's let the new shiny come in and, and play. My uh, thing of the week, my fantasy buzz of the week is Derek Henry. Oh. I have, I have never had Derrick Henry in a league before ever. Oh, it's fun. He is just, I've either never drafted high enough or was at a point where I took someone else. And this year I'm in a league. It's a standard league, so zero PPR. And I was sitting there at 104, and he was sitting there. So I, I grabbed him, and oh, my God, he's good. Dude. He started this week. He had 35 rushes. For 182 rushing. Insane. That's two players game in one game. He had six (laughs) catches. Six for 55 receiving yards and three touchdowns. He had 35 yards at halftime, and he ended with 182. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he... He has 10 catches through two games. So that's, he's averaging five catches a game. Do you know how many that is in a 17 week season? Quite a few. 85 catches. If Derrick Henry rushes for 2,000 yards, has 85 catches. uh, Yeah, Yeah. that's the right response. It's, it's, it's fucking insane. Like that's always been his knock on him is he's a fucking beast and standard scoring, but in PPR, you could do much better because they don't pass a ball to him. They have a new offensive coordinator. If they start making him part of that passing game, holy shit, it's, I mean, he had two years in a row. One year, he went over 2,000 yards. The year before that, he had 17 touchdowns. They're like, what can we do next? So this dude's going to be, what, 3,000-yard motherfucking player out there? 1,000 yards receiving. He's going to have 2,000 yards rushing because now it's a 17-game season. That's actually feasible. I mean... 20 touchdowns wouldn't be shocking right now. Yeah, the rate he's going. I mean, and I mean, only as it gets colder, he seems to get better and they run the ball more and defenses don't want to tackle him oh, even more. Oh, when you it's can cold. see it. You can see it when he's running at him. They're making those career decisions like, oh God, I'll just fall towards his knees and maybe he'll trip over me. And, and then, I mean, you, you have. The whole season in, in uh, the cold, and I actually forgot exactly what the hell I was going to say right now. So, <laughs> I'm just blown away by like how, how much more upside he can have now with receptions being part of his game. It's, it's I mean, yeah, it, holy it, crap. It's crazy, and it will, if it continues, it's going to bump him up like crazy. And that's always been his big knock is that he's not good in the PPR game. 
And so this is just going to bump him up, up, up. I remember what I was thinking. I was just thinking of how stupid it was for us to think anything was off after week one. And I don't mean us because I never stopped thinking of Derrick Henry as anything but like a bell cow running back. But there was literally people after, after week one who were like, he's done, he's washed. Uh, I'm going to trade him. Yeah, yeah. I hope you did, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, one other thing, I, I caught it last night. I think it was during the Manning. I'm not even sure who said it. Um, but it could, have been, it could have been after the game on ESPN. I don't know. But the, the, what they were talking about was that Tom Brady <laughs> is about – 14 touchdowns away. So at the rate he's going, about four games of this season away. <laughs> so crazy. From throwing more touchdowns in his 40s oh God. than he's thrown in his 20s. Dude. <laughs> so from age 23 to 29 in New England, that was 2000 to 2006, Brady threw for 147 touchdowns. Yeah. Now in his 40s, he's at 134. <laughs> and, I mean, this season he's going to definitely. Oh, yeah. Like this season we're seeing, uh, I was kind of worried we saw him in full control of a Bruce Arians offense towards the end of last season, and it looked amazing. He won a Super Bowl. It was everything you dreamed it could be. And then if you've watched the NFL long enough, though, you know, like sometimes there's streaks. There's, you know, you can have a great four games, like the Giants when they beat. The, the Patriots in 2007, they were a wild card team and they put together four amazing games. It can happen. And, you know, with a whole off season and then another year older, you, it's just natural to think a 44 year old quarterback is going to start to decline and he's better. He's fucking better. He is. And he is. It, it, there, there was the, it was a, a poll or something we saw on one of the things on Facebook where it's like, who would you rather have uh, Patrick Mahomes in his prime leading your team or Tom Brady in his prime leading your team? And it's like, who's to say Tom Brady's not in his prime right now? I mean, he's shown no signs of slowing down. He's beating all of his statistic measurements from before. I think he's second in the NFL of passes over 20 yards down the field and completions. Like, dude's not slowing down at all. No, the guy is, guy is great, just whipping the ball around. And with the weapons he has now, is so much better than what he had in New England, except for Randy Moss that yeah. year. But, I mean, it is, it is just crazy. And he has, an, and, and he has a, a coach who lets him do it. And lets him be himself. That's another thing that's great. It's like I can actually root for him now because I don't hate him. He's actually a funny guy. Oh, yeah. He's everywhere now. <laughs> yeah. Commercials, like, you know, all over the place. And, and it's funny to see. And it's good to see him. And, yeah, I was the biggest Tom Brady oh, hated hater. Him. Hated him. <laughs> mostly, I think, because uh, my good buddy Deep is <laughs> a New England fan and is the type of guy to never shut up about it. Yeah. So he used to just poke and prod and tom brady this and tom brady that and when you come to it's like in sync and the backstreet boys <laughs> you know he was he was tom brady and i was peyton manning and you know i tried to fight it for so long but i mean geez manning's in the hall of fame now yeah and brady is still, still winning still super throwing bowls. the ball around winning <laughs> super bowls. still yeah. winning super bowls man that's what's got us buzzed for this week after you get buzzed you end up drunk and when you're drunk, you start doing stupid stuff. Oh, yeah. I was uh, looking through the at bad fantasy football trades on Facebook. I was looking through their page. It's a page of bad trades that get sent out a lot. And what I was doing is I was trying to look back into last year and see if I could find a trade that was 
off flat, you know, off at the time, but now it doesn't look too bad. But I stumbled across this trade, and I don't even know what to think here. Uh, this guy is sending out uh, Uzuma, the tight end for Cincinnati, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Mm -hmm. I literally don't know who D Patton I, is. Yeah, I don't know either. He, it says wide receiver for Indy. Sure, he could be. Um, and a second, apparently. And the guy, this other guy, was it was Larry Fitzgerald. Now, this was last year, so he was still playing. He was still playing. Corley. <laughs> uh, Danny Amendola, Golden Tate, and a 2021 fourth? I mean, this is just garbage up and down. I mean, there is nothing here. There, one guy did try to sneak a second in and this get a second <laughs> for, for all this, which can can be helpful but i mean everything else is what what is this There's, it's a whole lot of nothing a whole lot of nothing i mean just for shits and giggles i looked up patman and uh this year he is still rostered um he's seen zero percent of snaps and zero targets zero everything so i figured last year i would go back and take a look and um it is zero percent of everything <laughs> yeah he had good, one good. game where he had three snaps and that was in uh, week 17 against the Jags. There you go. So, yeah, yeah that's a whole lot of hot garbage. I, I do remember there was a point where I think I was even trying to trade for um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from you when I kind of thought maybe he would be a thing. Um, but holy crap, like... I think this is a bad trade or a drunken trade just because of how bad the entire trade is. Yeah, it's, it's not even where one side is. It's like, let's trade the garbage on the end of our rosters and I'll take your second for a fourth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to take these guys off my taxi squad. That's, so why don't I trade them? Well, and I've actually done that sometimes where like I'm trading, say I'm trading two players or I'm, tra I'm trading like a draft pick um, for a player from you. And I'll, I'll say, hey, look, I've got to drop a player. Do you want to pick, like, between these three guys that I'm potentially dropping? And I'll just have that in the trade. And then, you know, you can go from there. That's a tactic I use um, because then I, I don't have to drop a player and somebody else. And that can help the trade go through also if you're right. just like, you know, I'll throw this guy in there. I do like sometimes the move. Uh, if you're going to drop a guy, you need some roster space. And you're going to drop a guy. Just throw him out there to some team, teammates and be like, hey, anybody want this for a fourth-round pick? Right. And every now and then it hits. And, yeah, a fourth-round pick is such a gamble. You never know. But if you're literally planning on dropping the yeah. guy. And, and it's, it's another trade ship that doesn't take up a roster spot. And that's, know? you know, sometimes you can, you can sell it as, you know, hey, I'm going to drop this guy. You know, you want to save some fab and, and send me a fourth-round pick. And, you know, every now and then it hits. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it doesn't. You just drop the guy and don't worry about it. Sometimes. It, it does hit. Um, yeah. Looking through, looking back on the page, when I was looking through the bad fantasy trades, I did find a trade that I kind of wanted to ask you about. Sure. It is from May of 2020. So even before the season last year, mm -hmm. okay? Um, oh, this was right when everyone was at home with COVID. And right, right. So there's a lot of board stuff. Okay. So it was uh, Saquon Barkley. Okay. And a 21 third. Okay. Saquon and a third. Mm -hmm. For Robert Woods, Justin Jefferson. Oh, shit. And a 22 first. Wow. Um, 
I mean, you wouldn't have known it at the at the time, but so at the time, this was put up on bad fantasy football trades, right? As a bad trade, yeah. And <laughs> the Robert Woods, Justin Jefferson, and a first side, yeah, was the ridiculous. Part. Yeah, yeah. No, th- at that time, that was that was stupid. Justin yeah. Jefferson was, you know, ma- I, I think he was going late first, even in the second round of, second of rookie round drafts. A lot, yeah, um, Robert Woods. I'm a big Robert Woods fan, but he's like perpetually underrated. So like his bargaining value is never it. And a first is awesome, but you're talking about Saquon fucking Barkley. Like the, the one, at, one, yeah, one, at, two. At yeah. That time. At that point he was the fantasy dynasty darling. Like him and Christian McCaffrey were like the guys you wanted to get with your number one overall pick. Um, and that was just a short season and a half ago. Not even that. So that's how fast shit can change. What do you, what do you do today? What side do you take today? Oh, I'm easily taking the Jefferson, man. Oh, Jefferson in a first. For yeah. hundred sure. percent. You Bobby get a first Tree- round and Bobby yeah. trees just plugs in there and he'll probably be the Tom Brady of wide receivers. Oh yeah. Yeah. And e- that's even with like Cooper cup being Stafford's best friend. Let's just talk about that for a second. The, the Rams offense is looking like everything we hoped it would be. And Cooper cup is getting just the googly lovey-dovey eyes from Matt Stafford. All the targets. I think he dropped about 160 and two touchdowns this last week, uh, following up a huge week one. And Robert Woods is still serviceable. He's still, you know, he's not ruining your week. I actually have a league where I start both of them. And, um, you know, he hasn't been the reason I've lost in either one of those weeks. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I would easily take the Jefferson yeah. Robert Woods, who still has years, and then a, a first-round pick. Yeah, hell yeah. Sign me up for that. Speaking of trades, I actually just got a trade-off for pretty live as we're happening right now. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an orphan team that I took over that was a garbage, garbage team, and I feel like I've, I've worked its way up. And I was offered Ezekiel Elliott. Sweet. Yeah, um, I think I still believe in him. I think people are, are falling fast, but I, I still believe. And it was for two 22 seconds and a 23 second. So a lot of seconds. Ezekiel Elliott for three seconds. Man. I originally didn't see what league it was in, and I thought that someone was trying to get Ezekiel Elliott from me right. for three seconds. And I was, I was a little bitter about it. Yeah, yeah. Then I realized what league it was, and no, it was offered to me three seconds for Ezekiel Elliott. Sweet. So you accepted that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, butt fumble took it away. Classic butt fumble. Sent it out, and then it's no longer available for me to accept. Whoa. So and You have a screenshot. I have the screenshot. So we have proof that it happened. For sure. Man. But don't, uh, don't, get a, don't get to do that. There should be repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I mean, shout him out on a national podcast that he's a piece of shit. That works good. We're going to use you good. as our benchmark of humanity. Any, anything, anything closely to you is just going to be garbage. We've all <laughs> been there with, with drunken <laughs> trades and, and stupid roster decisions. Uh, this week, like our Coyote Ugly start sit decisions. What, who did you put in that was wrong? Who did you put in that was right? Anything that you, you made somebody at the last minute and they just screwed you over? So I did, I did a couple, a couple things. Um, this was a roller coaster of a roster setting because as we talked about last week, we were discussing Saquon 
short week, still coming off that knee injury, limited snaps. And, uh, you know, I put my money where my mouth was. I benched him. And, you know, after I think the first quarter, he broke off a 41-yard run, and I was like, shit, what have I done? What have I done? He's going to go off. But he just finished the game with 7.9 points. No big deal. I was okay with that on my bench. The question was who I was going to start in his place. I had Waddle. I had Ruggs. And then I had um, Rondell Moore, who is my darling. I've been on Rondell Moore since college, and I feel like he's going to be something awesome. And um, I... I started Waddle because with, uh, with um, Fuller out, I thought he'd get the touches, and it started, he, you know, once he got to 7.9 points, I was happy. I was like, fuck it, all right? At least I didn't make the dumbest decision. He did it, he did Yeah, and then he fumbled. And then, uh, so I, he got 6.9 points, and then I didn't even look at Ruggs until later, and then uh, Rondell Moore was in the afternoon game, And if you don't know, that little motherfucker went crazy. He had like a 77-yard touchdown, fully utilized in that offense. I think he finished with like 118 total yards and a touchdown, 25 fantasy points. So that stung really bad. And then I just look, and Henry Ruggs won a game with like a 70-yard touchdown bomb. He finished up with 25 points also. Um, So, yeah, that was was stupid. That was dumb. Yeah, I was looking at my roster doing the last minute roster changes and I had Cole Komet in and I was trying to talk myself into Michael Pittman, but I felt that they were going against the Rams, the Rams defense shut can shut down wide receivers so fast. So I went back and forth, went back and forth, decided I was going to stick with Cole Komet and um, he had 0.5 points and it's a, 0.5 PPR. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he didn't. So he had he had one catch for zero yards. Not my favorite. Michael Pittman broke a hundred. Had a great game. I had bad calls on Pittman all week. I had somebody else asking me about if playing him in the flex, and I was certain that he was going to get shut down. Well, Rams. he was he was projected to be out for a bit of the week. He too. was. Yeah. yeah, he was also <laughs> questionable all week. I was certain that the Rams were going to shut him down mm-hmm. and it was not going to be his week. And I was completely wrong over that. And I paid dearly. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing when you like a player too, like I, I, I said, I like Rondell Moore. And if I would have thought about it in this context, which I try to do is what would be funner for me? Would it be funner to be right about Rondell Moore and just fucking take a victory lap or or would it be, you know, have Waddle match Saquon Barkley? You know, and I, I like Waddle coming out of college, but, like, I'm not huge, huge on him. Like, I think he's going to be really good. I'm happy he's on my team. But, like, Rondo Moore I'm really excited about. So, it, in, that, in that sense, I probably should have started Rondo Moore. And we were even talking about it before the game started. And, and I had it in my head I was going to switch it. And, you know, one thing led to another in the games that already started. Just to make sure we're clear, though, on what he's saying is he did the research and decided to okay. sit Saquon Barkley, and he's saying that he should have started Rondell Moore. He's not saying <laughs> just because you like a player, start him over a stud that's in a good matchup. If Rondell Moore were coming off a torn ACL in limited snaps, then yeah, then I would have had the same analysis there. But 
Rondell Moore started his rookie first game. He was getting snaps, getting used in those snaps, and showed explosiveness. So that's, yes, exactly. And, and yeah, and Saquon was not supposed to get carries yeah. and not be the full workload. And so, though he played the wrong guy, yeah. he, you know, he, what he's saying now is, yeah, if you are deciding between a couple guys that you're not sure of, pick the one you're going to be happy with. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're going to play Rondell Moore, <laughs> you know, over DeAndre Hopkins because yeah. you're just so into Rondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still want to win. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, I also uh, started LaVisca Chenault over Brian Edwards. I think it was probably the right call to yeah. do that. It was just kind of, I've been a big Brian Edwards fan for a while. And it, so I should have gone with my heart there. Chenault got injured, did yeah. not do well. Well, it's tough when you, when, their lackluster performance comes from injury too. Right. You know? I still won by 0. .46 in that oh, league. Smashed it. <laughs> or at least I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. No stat correction. Oh shit. When do they go through? Do they go through already? They go through Thursday is like the final oh, crap. final okay. day. Okay. So. Um. Any other any other mistakes that you made on that? Well, yeah, man, that I started uh, Tyreek Hill over um, KJ Osborne. Obviously, everybody should see. Known this that, is yeah. where people <laughs> think that you're, <laughs> you're telling them to start all these flyers. That... Yeah, no, always start, always start Tyreek Hill, man. Getting into any matchups that you see this week that you think you fantasy players can take advantage of and, yeah. and have good games? I'll try to make it quick because this one's pretty easy, um, and I know we're running long on time here, but the um, the Chargers in Kansas City, again, I know a lot about the Chargers offense, and the Kansas, if you play fantasy and you don't know about the Kansas City offense, you, you need to try better um, because they have weapons all over the place. Same with the Chargers. Their divisional rivals could be a shootout. I don't expect it to be a huge defensive battle, and even if it is, there's still going to be plenty of offensive scoring. Um, holy shit, Mike Williams looks like the real deal. And um, Yeah, and I'm glad I've held on to him in all those leagues. He's my carry-on, except he hasn't been as as non-existent actually he kind of has disappeared a bit but not not like care yeah um so that's that's my matchup i'm just going to be real quick with that man yeah mine is cardinals at jags uh the cardinals i don't know if anybody can stop Shoot, kyler murray Kyle right murray now is he insane. is just unreal <laughs> it goes back to last year he was the number one quarterback through the first 12 or 13 games until he hurt his shoulder his shoulders healed he picked up right where he left Shoot. off he is just slinging the ball um and I mean, he's DeAndre Hopkins is the number one. He's a top three wide Whoa. receiver. Rondo Moore, you're just going to disrespect like that. <laughs> in the NFL. So, obviously, he's doing big things. But Kyler doesn't care. He'll no, go to anybody. To anybody. They, what they had, they had, I think they had six receivers with three catches. Yeah. I yeah, mean, he's spreading the ball around. And have you had a chance to watch any of those games? I've just seen some of it on some of the red Dude zone. I haven't actually watched a game. a fucking he's he's a pinball out there he's bouncing and running around he's he's like remember deontay hall the little human joystick yeah, kicked yeah. yeah he looks like that but as a quarterback and then he'll chuck it on a fucking dime 40 yards down the field he even got aj green a touchdown this Dude, week that's, that that's how good he is <laughs> chase edmonds actually has been looking okay he's you know two games he hasn't gotten a lot of carries but he's over five yards per carry and he's getting the wide receiver or the wide receiver he's getting the passes he's getting yeah. uh you know He's getting some PPR work that way, too. He caught five balls this week. 
Um, as for the Jags, though, ugh, they look pretty rough all around. Trevor Lawrence had a real rough game this week. He's only completing about 50% of his passes, though he does have a four or five touchdowns. Not saying that he's not going to be good, but let's bring back expectations a little bit until he gets his feet wet. I'm getting a lot of, it sucks because it's the same team, and this isn't what I mean, but a lot of Blake Bortle feelings where it's just garbage time points that are adding up. So if you have them on your fantasy team, just don't watch through the game while those points are building up. Just check afterwards because he will have a couple garbage time touchdowns and um, you won't have your heart broken every time he throws a stupid bonehead pick. Yeah, because he, he's going to do it for a while until he, he gets totally up to speed with the NFL. Um, don't forget to unflex them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a couple days early, but Thursday game's coming up. Make sure to move your Thursday players out of your flex positions. Put them in their actual, you know, wide receiver, running back, whatever it is. You don't want to be stuck coming Sunday afternoon, Monday, where you don't have a flex spot open because your Thursday player played in that spot, and now you have to play a third-string running back because you had a running back get injured late. So unflex them, get them out of the flex, get them into their spots. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. We're so happy to have you. Please give us a follow and review at iTunes. All iTunes reviews will be shouted out on the show. We also now have an email. If you want to email in, ask us any questions, start, sit, anything like that. If you want to give us any advice, uh, anything like that would be great. We're at Fantasy on Draft. That's uh, Fantasy on D-R-A-U-G-H-T, FantasyOnDraft at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Miyagi, anything last words? Dude, we're just so fucking professional, bro. I'm actually going to say I recorded both microphones this whole day, so we are professional. One in a row. Deuces! (laughs) Peace out.